Hey guys, welcome back to season two. I'm so excited because it's finally here. I've been working really hard. There's been so many ups and downs and that's kind of why I wanted to do a video intro because so many crazy things happen um, as I was, you know, recording and editing season two and I wanted to make a video where I talk kind of about it because if not, it's going to be just so confusing if I just don't say anything at all. And I know here I am again, um, messing something up and then having to talk about it and give a disclaimer, disclosure, whatever the freaking word is. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm learning as I go. I'm getting better and better. But basically what happened is that I updated my iPad, so this whole entire time I have been recording all these episodes on my phone and I have been editing, editing them on my iPad. The problem with that is that, you know, the iPhone doesn't have the capacity for such large videos, or it does, but um, it just, my phone starts to glitch, it just, it's so slow and stuff like that, but you know, I was making it work with what I had. And one night I was like done editing my sister's video. That one was the first one that's going to go up. And I'm about to send her the link um, the next morning because it was super late at night. I, my iPad decided to update at night because that's when it usually updates. And once it turned on, the videos were gone. Um, the videos were gone on my sister's episode and the videos were gone on my cousin's episode, which was supposed to be episode two. And I cried for two days. <laughs> I was a mess for two days. I, I allowed myself to just feel the frustration and cry it out for two days. I know for a lot of people, it may not seem like a big deal, but for me, like something that I'm like working on and it just it meant so much to me because you know my sister my cousin everybody who's came here to record they've taken the time out of their busy schedules to come and record video record this and I was so excited to just you know have it on YouTube to have memories with them and um, I liked seeing the progression of my wall um, I think at first it was like blank, just me and my cousin, and then um, she gave me this beautiful sign, and then I added it, and then I started adding, she also gave me this, so then I started just adding things here and there, and I had those memories on camera, like the progression of, you know, the the background and stuff, and it just broke my heart, but, you know, I called Apple support, I was on the phone, like I just, I did everything and um you know it's like they the guy from the apple store was like you know you could keep con continuing to run into this problem because unfortunately a phone is never gonna replace a camera and an ipad is not gonna replace a computer like phones and ipads are are meant for such large capacity of files and you're always gonna run the risk so it was just very frustrating and I still had my other cousin's episodes saved on my phone and it was taking up so much space because they were like two hour videos and um, my phone was already starting to slow down and glitch a little bit but I didn't want to 
uploaded to my iPad because I was mortified that the files would just delete all over again. So I had to make decisions that I didn't want to make and I had to purchase a laptop. I didn't want to add it because I'm like, I don't want to add more debt. Um, you know, obviously they're not cheap and um, I was having such a hard time with it. I'm telling you guys, I gave myself two days. I was so emotional. I was crying. I just felt so heartbroken. And, um, I, I was like, how am I going to tell my sister? How am I going to tell my cousin? Like they took the time. Like, what do I do? Thankfully the audio saved what just what was missing is the videos. And, but like, I would have rather have lost the audio and had just the video audio. Cause I wanted to keep that those memories like with my sister and my cousin and it just it broke my heart and like I talked to them and um unfortunately it just with schedule and stuff it just we weren't going to be able to re-record the episodes for you guys and they both were just like you know what just post the audio we'll, we'll record a separate episode another day and I'm like so grateful for that because I was able to keep the um original launch date which which is today, 11-11, and um, I was just a mess, you guys, I was just a mess, and it sucked, but I had to make that purchase, and something that my brother Jose told me was, because um, I felt guilty, I felt guilty buying this laptop because I was like, I'm not there yet, like, I'm not even making money, or like, I'm like not there, <laughs> you know, and I just kept doubting myself and I kept talking negative to myself and you know my brother I I, kept, I had this mentality of like you're just starting and you have to make with what you got and then my brother corrected me and said Maria you made it work until it no longer worked it's not working anymore so are you gonna quit or are you gonna take a risk and then keep going and it helped me so much to not feel so guilty but honestly you guys like i want to dedicate fully my time to this podcast and continue to bring episodes and stuff like that and um i'm like you know what fuck it there's no going back you live once i'll pay off my debts and like whatever and i did it i purchased my laptop and everything should run smoother i'm not saying it's going to be perfect because i'm still learning and shit happens all the time clearly i'm always having to give like a freaking reason as to why something didn't go right but just know that i'm really trying and i hope that shows and i hope that i'm still through this chaos and and everything i'm still able to keep my purpose which is to help others to make others feel seen and heard and I hope these episodes bring that to you guys um so I'm so sorry you guys but the next two episodes are not gonna have a video the way that I have them scheduled um my sister's video is first and the video is gone uh, my cousin's was second gone my other cousin um hers was third but she didn't want to record um her art you know she didn't want to re video record so that one's just the audio so for the next three <laughs> episodes it's just gonna be audio i'm still gonna post them on youtube because i just want to keep them there wherever i can um store them or have them saved but the better for me 
so they're still going to be on youtube so you can watch these on youtube you can listen to them on spotify apple Podcasts, or iheart uh, radio and um by the fourth episode i do have that one filmed and obviously you know you guys can stay up to date with me on my instagram and that's where i'm going to be sharing um little like sneak peeks of the upcoming episodes and stuff like that so you know just stay tuned for that and yeah guys um so through so much chaos season two is finally here and thank you all to have like to those who have sent me words of encouragement um who have been like messaging me like uh when is season two coming i'm waiting and it's finally here i'm so happy i'm so delighted so um i'm sorry that the rest of this video is not gonna have um a video recorded for you guys it's just gonna be the audio um but yeah i hope you guys enjoy this uh, first episode it's with my beautiful sister and um, it's kind of intense it's it may not be um, your cup of tea if you're someone who's sensitive to um, strong topics like abuse and stuff like that um, I advise you to not listen to this episode this episode is not for you if you just have you know sensitivity I just want to give that um disclosure that claim like disclaimer <laughs> um and let you guys decide for yourselves whether you want to listen to it or not um it is a good episode it took a lot of balls for my sister to say everything that she said and i'm so proud of her and um i hope you guys really enjoy this episode and all the episodes to come thank you guys again for continuing to support me and enjoy the episode and enjoy season two. Hey guys, welcome back to episode one of season two, and I'm so excited because I have my first guest on the podcast, and I know we've been waiting a long time for this. I kept hyping it up for a while, but finally se dio, and we're here, and I want to introduce you guys to my very first and special guest. She's actually the madrina of this podcast, and it's my beautiful sister, Jessica. <laughs> no, just my domingo. <laughs> but hello, how are you? Thank you for being here. You're very welcome. I just want to, you know, make it, you know, known that I am ten pounds lighter. Okay, because <laughs> the camera. Okay, it's the camera. Yeah, I I'm gonna use that I'm better in person. I'm gonna use that excuse <laughs> for the rest of the season. So how are you? I'm good. So my sister Jessica is. How many years older than me? I don't know. There's nine of you guys. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> yeah, we're nine kids, so we're super big family. Um, but I would say... I know I'm five from Liz. So seven from me. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we're seven years apart, but I feel like recently in the last few years, we got super, super, super close. I know. She's obsessed. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> yeah, I am obsessed. Because um, not that we weren't cool before... But we just never really, I just, we well, just never I, really talked that much because we were, we had very different. I was kind of, even though I'm not the middle child, I kind of was the middle child because 
Liz was like five years, you know, younger than me. Mm-hmm. And then Victor was obviously older than me. And so I really didn't have anybody. It was kind of yeah, a lone wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we didn't really get close until a few, what, like in the last three years, I would say. Two, three years. Yeah. And now we're like our go-to. Yeah. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but you're like fucking three-hour conversations <laughs> on the phone. <laughs> you're like my go-to person. And of course, I have to pick a challenging topic for her. And this episode's um, topic is neglect. And I had to pick one that was going to push your buttons a little bit. And But I also feel because it's very relatable and I feel like you are going to be able to help so many people who, to understand their childhood and how that brought over to their like so their their being and like how it affect their relationships and like to me you I feel like to me you represent growth and like self-love in a sense because you overcame a lot of stuff and you're I don't know like happier and you don't take shit from no one and you're just how I see you I don't know how you feel but to me I see you someone comfortable and you know their own skin and you're one of the hardest working women that I know so I was like I feel like that's a good topic for her so that's why I chose that topic and um but before we start the conversation I just want to let you um say a little bit about yourself so I'm going to ask you a question how describe yourself in three words Oh my god. <laughs> so in three words, if you can pick any three words that describe your person, your being, how you are, what would that what would you say? I think I would say that I'm funny. <laughs> um I would say dark dark humor. Yes, very yes. dark. Very sarcastic. Um I think I would say caring. Okay. Sometimes too much. Mm-hmm. But let's see. So caring, funny, sexy. I think that's appropriate. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't find myself sexy. Mm. Um, Makes yeah. one. Makes one at this table. <laughs> one. More. I don't think I know I am. <laughs> wow. Wow. Confident uh, should be the. <laughs> no, I'm down. Yeah, the, the third one. What would I say? An overthinker. I don't know. An overthinker. Well, that's that's an honest one because, you know, sometimes we always think about all the good ones, but then we forget about the ones that we should work on. Yeah. And um, as an overthinker myself, <laughs> sometimes we're we not... must be related. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we're not good together. Yeah. Because we... Well, no, I feel like we balance each other well. Like, when you're overthinking, I'm there and, like hyping you up and then vice versa you do the same for me but the reason why I wanted to do neglect with you not because I see it as a negative thing I just feel like it's something that you've been overcoming for you know years and I think a lot of it started from childhood and I just want to give a full disclosure um we love our mother and our father like we love our family we love our siblings and we've just been through a lot of shit and this is in no way shape or form to bash anyone from our family because 
I like to think that even if we're not all the same, we know we all have each other's back. But a lot of things have happened that have affected certain relationships. And I just want to like solidify that I love my mother. We love our mother. We love our father. And in no way, shape or form do we blame them where like we don't have relationships with them. We do have boundaries <laughs> but yeah. we um i just want to put it out there that we may say some things that may seem not kind but it's really just for a learning purpose and it's just to be a hundred percent transparent yeah. and that's really what it is but we both have a good relationship with our with my family with our brothers sisters our parents and i just wanted to like solidify but when growing up, I know your guys' dynamic was very different from ours growing up. So for my eldest brother, my eldest sister, um, the next brother, and then you, you guys were like raised very different than how we were raised. How was that like for you guys? Well, for you, because we can't speak for the other ones, but how was it like it for you? For me, I think <clears throat> I think my parents were like a lot stricter with the oldest ones. And then kind of me, I kind of started getting, like that I was a bad kid or anything, no. but they would kind we're of like angels. start kind of <laughs> loosening the reins a little bit. And then I feel like after me, it was just kind of more, more freedom kind Raised of thing. yourselves, yeah. But I think um, it was it was definitely a different, um, completely to like night and day. I yeah. think a whole different environment. Yeah, and I I mean I don't I don't know really like what changed. I think maybe it'll come to me. I don't know, but I feel like um, you know in the beginning like. I think for my older brothers, it was more, like, stricter, like, you know, you can't go spend the night in nobody's house, you know, you can't, you know, go out with your friends, so, you know, it's just, you're at home, you're, if you're not doing nothing, you're cleaning, you know, and that's pretty much what it was, chores, like, my mom probably denied this, but, you know, like, I would be reading a book, and that was bad, <laughs> because... I should have been cleaning. So I was obsessed with like Sweet Valley High books at that time. Uh -huh. So I haven't heard about those in such a long time. <laughs> and so it's like, um, and I just remember, I remember like I got like a whole collection because I was walking by a yard sale and I, I bought like a whole box. Okay. And so I was like obsessed, mm -hmm. but it was not a good thing, I guess. I don't know. Like it, at the time, it wasn't a good thing, at least not for my mom because I could be. Cleaning the bathroom, vacuuming, yeah. Yeah. So, I would say it was like once it once it started with you, it was like like they were kind of more lenient because I thought it was with Liz and not with you. I think I thought you were still a part of the strictness of Caesar, Wendy, Victor. I feel like they were they were strict to an extent. Mm -hmm. But I think it was a little less because 
I remember, like, I mean, I remember, like, Wendy, like, she couldn't really go spend the night mm-hmm. anywhere or, like, nothing like that. Or if she was, um, the time when she was dating, she had to, like, take me, you know. Oh, you were that sister? Yeah. <laughs> the, the fucking the one that was yeah, just, that like, to be taken inconvenient, <laughs> you know, like. And I would always get upset because I'm the like cock blocker. Yeah, <laughs> that's seriously. And that's what she she would hate taking me. And I'm like, dude, well, like, yeah. What? Why do you take Victor, not me? Like, I'm not gonna say nothing. <laughs> my mouth shit. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like, but see, like me, I feel like I didn't really. I mean, I had a lot of boyfriends, but I mean, <laughs> and not that like I was kind of like that crazy and like, yeah. you know, doing things well, that I shouldn't be doing. But... I don't even think Wendy was either. Like, yeah, our parents were very and a lot of it has to do. And I don't know if I've ever talked about this in, in any of the episodes is that we grew up in the church. Our parents are like super, super, super Catholic, like severe catholics yeah like like if like if, if there was a diagnosis of catholicism like that would be my my mom mainly my mom practically seven days a week at church yeah and it was a little bit tough for us the kids and i feel like that's where today's topic comes in play as far as like neglect and i don't mean neglect like we were starving and and stuff like that because that was never the case i feel like my mom did a very very good job of keeping us you know well fed clean and alive pretty much but it was more of emotional neglect like even though our parents were there and we're so grateful that you know we saw them every single day and they picked us up from school and they did everything for us but that emotional part was not there yeah and i think I mean, I can only speak for myself, but from conversations that I've had with our other siblings, it's kind of the same pattern, but it was hard to, for me, it was hard to process it because I'm like, no, my parents are good parents, but it takes more than just providing and, you know, having food on the table. Like it takes a whole other level of emotional support and being aware of what's going on with your kids. And I feel like our parents didn't do a very good job with that. But how did the word neglect, like what does that mean to you in your childhood? Well, I wanna say that like, you know, I know my parents did the best that they can, the best that they knew how. Um, I wanna say that somehow, maybe they were too trusting and um but i think for me neglect for me in my life it was i mean just basically like you said the emotional neglect like i feel like the things that were important to me were never like paid attention to Mm -hmm. and you know i there was things that I wanted to do and I feel like my feelings were never considered and how it would like affect me and I feel like I was like in a right path and then all of a sudden it has to end and I have to move on to something else yeah and so I feel like also 
the responsibility as a child having to care for another child you know like you're 10 years old and you're having to bathe your baby brother you know because your parents you know one's at work and the other one's in church you know and it's, is that why you hate me yeah <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> no because you're always like wendy always didn't like me or whatever she said because i was lighter skinned what yeah and then i didn't like you because you were like the baby like the princess the and favorite. stuff no, but no, <laughs> not my favorite. <laughs> I didn't like you, but I don't. Know, I got off topic in here. Sorry, and I bring, distracted you. Bring me back. Bring me back. <laughs> um, you having to bathe your brother yeah. while you're ten years old and having to raise, basically, or do responsibilities that a mother should do, but they were left on you because dad was at work, mom was at church. Yeah, and I just feel like. You know, having to have those type of responsibilities at like early age. I mean, I think I matured a lot because of it. Um, but also, like, I feel there was, like, a lot of things that I feel like I needed, like, when things were, like, things that were important to me. Like, if I had... Um, like a choir you know thing at school or whatever my parents would choose church over me because it was always on a tuesday when they had their group and so it's a sucky feeling when you do you're doing what you love but there's nobody there to clap for you and it's just like it just kind of sucks that you don't like feel like you're important enough yeah you know like when I graduated from high school, even though it was late and it wasn't, you know, with the cap and gown, well, I don't think there was cap and gown, but it wasn't like an actual high school and stuff. And so the only person that was there was my ex-boyfriend, who was my ex-boyfriend at the time. Oh, wow. But he showed up for me, even though my parents obviously knew how important it was. They did go, but they were late. So it's just kind of like, almost but no yeah you know what i mean so it's kind of like those big moments when you you know they like you that's more than the most important like you don't I, I i feel like i didn't have that yeah the things that i wanted to do like i wanted to be like in the i was in the police explorers oh, but great. then i didn't get to continue to try to you know be a cadet and stuff because then we had to move you know, I wanted to do, you know, singing and acting. We didn't have money. And so it was like everything was just nothing I wanted. Like everything I wanted, I, I, I couldn't yeah. do. I couldn't have or I couldn't do. Yeah. And I could only imagine how hard that was for you seeing her, my mom specifically, push it on me when I didn't even want to do any of that. Like I didn't want to do singing and acting that wasn't for me so now i know why you had a little bit of resentment towards me or like you were just kind of like because i would have been the same like what an ungrateful little biatch like my mom's over here trying to get her to do something and she's just like not grateful for it and 
believe me, I, I Liz had like a little bit of resentment towards me too, but I, I didn't want it. Like I never asked. I never said, mom, I want to be in modeling school. I hated that. I was like a total tomboy. So I can only imagine your dreams being completely shut down and then being given the like the chance seeing the chance being given to your sibling and it not even work out yeah because if you guys don't know uh, my sister she's like first off the one of the best singers that i know you have an amazing voice and if everything would have planned out how you wanted to you followed your dreams you would have been a famous singer by now because that was your passion and i know i know you would have made it work if you had the support now after when you had to accept that all your dreams were just not gonna happen how did that affect your relationship with my parents um I feel like I learned real quickly that if I wanted anything I had to do it myself. And I couldn't wait till it was given to me. I had to just do what I had to do. And I mean, I think I um I don't know. I, I don't know like why I always felt like the need to have to always feel like I had to fight for what I wanted because like I mean I left home at like I think I was 17 or 18 from you <laughs> from like yeah 17 or 18 but um and I left um with my boyfriend at the time and um we were together for like six months and stuff. And it was always like a cycle. I, I, and even, you know, even now that I remember, like, it's always been a cycle. Like, I would always freaking run away and I would always come back. I <laughs> ran away when I was five and I would, you know, and then I was found. So, I mean, I didn't have a choice. Like, damn it. Damn it. I wish you wouldn't have found me. <laughs> but do you think that, well, I'm pretty sure it is, but how that neglect or those, you know, you not being validated or you not being made like you mat like being felt made like you mattered that carried on to your relationships yes because i i think when it, when it comes to um i i want to say like i always the way when i picture my life when I, like, now, today, when I look back, I feel like, I feel like I had been running through a forest, trying to find my way out of the forest. And I, you know, as many times that I turned this way and that way, and you know what I mean, just trying to find my way out, like, I feel like finally, like, once I met my husband now, I found like my way out of the forest. And I say that because I feel like I finally have somebody who shows up for me. And I feel like I finally have somebody who is committed as much as I am and who 
um, who hears me and who does whatever possible to make me feel secure. We're like, you know, like, I'm not alone. Yeah. Because I feel like that's what I've struggled with is feeling alone because I feel like I always had to do it myself. Because you've always been neglected and for once you don't really feel like that because you have support. You I have, do. You have a partner. Someone yeah. who's there through thick and thin and who's, you know, that you finally feel someone like cares and... And you trust, and it's always hard to explain because obviously we know our parents care about us or they love us unconditionally. Like, we know that, but there's such an emotional disconnect there that it's always hard to explain. And it can come off as, like, to a stranger, it can sound like we're ungrateful because they did their job as parents as far as providing. And, yeah, we lived good. You know, we always had clothes, shoes, a roof over our head. Our dad worked his ass off to provide everything for us. Keep us somewhere, like, in a safe neighborhood. And good. Like, we lived, you know, medium. Like, we were well. You know, we weren't, like, bridge. (laughs) Medium well. (laughs) I just got that steak. What? (laughs) Jose laughed. (laughs) Jose laughed, so I laughed. Um, Just... Just, just a disclosure, my brother Jose, he's here. So if you catch me looking that way, I'm looking at him. But I realized I said medium well, and he laughed, so I laughed. Um, so sorry, we got distracted. But um, sometimes when I feel like we talk about our upbringing, it comes off as if we're ungrateful. But it's not that, because we're very aware of the sacrifices. And I think especially now as providers mm-hmm. ourselves, as moms, we know, like, you know, sometimes I think, wow, my mom, I have three kids and I go crazy. She had nine of us. Like, that's, you know, ha- kudos to her because that's a lot of freaking kids. But I think we're we're just comfortable knowing what, que nos hizo falta, mm-hmm. like, what was missing. And it's not, and we're very grateful for everything. And I think that's why we're comfortable with sharing the piece that was missing because it's a huge piece that's missing. Yeah. And you know, it, it, um, unfortunately it affected us. It affected you. I, I know this because obviously I have seen you go through many things in, in your life and I'm going to, you know, touch a few of those topics, but we're going to take a little break. So we'll be right back. Don't leave. Cause it's about to get good. <laughs> <laughs> get get your tissues guys <laughs> Okay, so we're back from our little break um, and to pick up where we left off I wanted to ask you um, just jumping straight into it obviously there are many you have many memories in your life and you know growing up where little situations that kind of really sucked but going back to your childhood when when you felt like you were most um, comprehensive, like, yeah, tenías uso de razón, you know? 
Is there one specific memory where you can relate the word neglect that stood out to you the most or that made the most change in your life or in your person, your way of being? Like one specific one. I know there's probably many, which I'm sorry (laughs) that there's many, but one specific one that one specific one that you think um, made the change to who Jessica is. Jessica is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, I think there was quite a few instances where. I mean, I can't. I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's. I don't know how to explain it. Like, because it's like my parents weren't there. Mm -hmm. But also, I think, like, at the same time, it wasn't their fault that they didn't know the intentions of these people Mm -hmm. that they trusted. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think, I mean,. I think, like, when you when you think, uh, as an outsider, I think you would think, like, well, where are her parents? You know what I mean? And... I'll talk. I'll say something right now, but keep going. But they were, you know, at church or doing something, right? But at the same time, like, I don't even think my mom knows to this day. Well, because I don't, because I, I, like, I, I don't know if I would even, like, be able to tell her to be honest and I and I don't know if I did tell her to be honest you know because I just feel like because I don't know if she knew that that person wasn't even was even at her home because mm-hmm. I I don't even recall I don't know if because I don't think they came announced like or that you know what I mean because they had no purpose being at our house okay so so what's the story because now I'm like there's many, and I'm like, I, yeah, thought, I, knew, many. I thought I knew this, but I, it sounds like something I don't, I haven't heard you tell me. So, if you're comfortable sharing, as comfortable as you are. I am. Um, it was, I was probably, I want to say, maybe like 10, maybe, maybe 9, 10. I just remember we used to live um, on that one street, Mount McClay, like in Santa Ana. Was it, was it McClay or was it? Chola. Was it McClay? I can't No, no, it wasn't McClay. By was the it? church? Yeah, it was by the church. Maybe it wasn't that street. I can't remember what street it was. Wright Street. It was on Wright Street. Mm. That, that was the street. Yeah. We were trying to be a Chola. Yeah, you were trying to claim something that I wasn't. You were in the hood. <laughs> but... Um, but we lived there, and um, it was, I want to say that it's one of my brother's, like, godparents. I think of one of them, and I can't remember um, who or what, but um, I was home, and I think at that age, I think it was... I don't know if it was Jose or if it was Jesse who I was taking a bath. If you were 10, it had to have been Jose. It, it must have been maybe, yeah. Because we're seven years, so then with Jose, you're 10, like about 10 years. Okay, so then maybe it was Jose. Yeah. 
Um, I, I, I don't know where my mom was. I mean, I can only assume that she was at church. I, I can't remember that specific, you know what I mean? I just know she wasn't there. That's so wild to me. Like, it's wild to me because I cannot picture... Isaiah's 10 years old. My eldest is 10 years old. I cannot picture me just taking off, leaving him here with a baby and say, bathe him. I, I just cannot fathom that. And I know times are different then than now, but that's exactly what I mean. Like, that's not okay. That was not normal. <laughs> like, I know they don't mean and they... They don't. They didn't mean bad, and they were too trusting. Mm-hmm. But that's just insane to me. Like but you say, I mean it so normal. I'm like, but I think like for me, I feel like it was normal. That's what I'm saying. You said it's so normal that I'm like, you realize that like you wouldn't do that to Chelsea when she was ten and leave her a baby. I I know I wouldn't, but because I wanted different from my kids, right? And um. Because I wanted them to actually have a childhood. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, do they have chores? Yes, they have chores. But, you know, like, it's, I didn't I didn't, I didn't, want them to have to care for another life. Because I feel like it was definitely, like, a big responsibility, you know. And I was bathing Jose, because that's who I figure it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but that, that, you know, that man... The padrino came. Um, I didn't know. Like um, Victor was there, but Victor was cutting the grass in the front yard. Typical Victor. <laughs> Sounds like Victor. So he was in the front yard doing that. Obviously, like we're home, so I mean the doors open, whatever. You know what I mean? And I just remember him uh, coming in or whatever. And I was just, you know, take, finishing taking him a bath and stuff. And I um, was going to go to my parents' room to to change him. And, you know, like, his family, you know what I mean? Like, I'm thinking his family, like, there's nothing wrong with this picture. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's just, you know, he's here, you know? And <laughs> I'm already getting emotional. I go to my parents' room to go grab his clothes and... He follows me there, you know, and, um, and I can't like, I mean, I don't know, it's just maybe because it's been so long or whatever, but like, I just remember the, the things that I just remember is that, you know, this is somebody that my parents trust. This is somebody that they chose as a godparent for one of my siblings and, you know, they trust this person, but yet you know, he tried to kiss me. And I mean at ten. At ten years old. And he's an older man. He's I don't know, maybe close to thirty maybe or maybe close to maybe I I, I honestly I don't I don't recall like because back then age wasn't I just know that he was, you know, older. obviously my parents' age or yeah. whatever, you know. He's an adult. And you're a baby. Yeah. <laughs> you're a child. And he tried to kiss me, and I just kind of, like, pulled away. But, like, I remember, like, his alcoholic breath. And so I panicked, you know, and I just grabbed the clothes real quick, and um, I went out to the living room, you know. And, you know, he's telling me to, like, come back. He wants to tell me something, and I'm just like, no. 
because I was within view of Victor. But I think like even in that instant, like, I don't know, like, it's just, it's weird to me because when I, when I think about it, like now it's like, why didn't I say anything? Like my brother was right there, you know, and you wonder like, why didn't you say anything? And I don't know if it's because I feel like I want to be believed Mm. or maybe because I didn't want to make a big fuss, you know, because what would they say? Like, you know, that I'm a liar. And I just felt a lot of times like that, that was the case. I could never really speak on anything because I don't feel like I would be believed, period. Right. You know, and I mean, thankfully... In that moment, like, nothing happened to me, you know, but... Nothing worse, because something did happen, and that was bad as is. Yes. And, dear sir, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, whoever you are, fuck you. This is the thing, is that I, I'm not a professional, I've said that many times, but I feel like part of you not voicing your your the situation is because you already were made felt like you didn't have a voice or you did, you weren't heard enough anyways that it you it's it just you internalized it just like you said just like you internalized saying mom well can you not go to church today can you come see me sing in the choir just how you shut down those emotions and you never advocated for yourself and for your needs and your wants for the fear for the fear of like what well, doesn't matter i'm not going to be hurt anyways that already is neglect and that neglect led you to not voice your opinion and most um women who are and men who are um sexually abused or raped or anything in that category blame themselves they eternalize it they never speak about it till years later because you get a, a feeling of like even ashamed as if you did something bad. And in your case, I feel like neglect had such a huge play on you. Even saying, Victor, like do something because you didn't think anything was going to be done. Yeah. Because in your head, I'm, I can only imagine, in your head as a 10-year-old, you're like, well, no one really cares anyways like i say stuff and it doesn't matter so why am i gonna make a big fuss yeah that was your your thought process because you were made to feel like your thoughts or your emotions your feelings your wants your needs didn't matter they weren't they mattered but they were never a priority yeah because our parents cared about us and i know if you would have told them they would have like send that man you know they would have stood up for you and they would have maybe have done something but i uh, that's so crazy to me that i've never heard i did not i never think i never thought that that i never knew that that happened to you yeah i mean i think like the i mean a lot of crazy stuff happened to me like you know um I probably almost got kidnapped twice. You know what I mean? Um, once at church now? Once at church and one was in Tijuana. Oh my gosh. But in Tijuana, I can't remember how old I was. I was I was young still. I was probably like, 
probably the same age, like 10 or whatever. But my mom had gone to Mexico. I don't know why she, I can't remember if, she, if somebody maybe passed away. I don't know if it was my grandpa. I just remember that we were at the airport and um, I was probably around the same age, like 10, 11 maybe. And um, I just know that um, Wendy, my sister, had just had Danny. So, I mean, kind of gauge the age. I don't, I don't know. She was a young mom. She was a young mom. Which her episode is about being a young mom. Stay tuned. <laughs> just side note. And um, she had forgot the Danny's bottle mm-hmm. um, at the inside the airport where my dad was. So me, naive, you know, thinking, oh, no big deal. I'll just go grab it. Like, I'll just go grab it. And she was in the car, you know, I, you know, she just had the baby. So I'm trying to be the helpful sister, you know. Yeah, you always are. And there I go, you know, leaving the parking lot. The cross, parking lot? I'm crossing the street into the, because it was like a parking structure. Uh-huh. And you have to cross over to get to the airport. You're ballsy. <laughs> And I mean, I don't like. You didn't think nothing of it. No. You're innocent. I'm thinking that you know, I'm, I'm just, always safe, right? I'm just gonna go grab it. It's not a big deal. Yeah, not a big deal. But as I'm, you know, walking along um, the parking structure to get towards the entrance of the airport, I I see a car behind me, and um, I see uh, a man get out of the car. And so I notice it and like I freak out, you know, and I start running and he kind of starts picking up speed also. And I just remember like I almost fell. Hmm. Like I lost my balance and I almost fell. It's a straight horror movie. And I believe that if I would have fell, he would have grabbed me and I would not be here today. Sister, that is a traumatic experience. And I just remember like feeling so happy that I didn't fall. I crossed the street and I went in and and I was good. And honestly, I cannot tell you again if I ever told anybody. Like any that was, an, that was literally my next question. And did you tell my dad or no. my mom? I don't think I did. <laughs> I don't think I did. And I, I mean, I'm probably, and if I did say any anything, like it's probably now that we're older or something, but not, yeah. not like, when I was at the time, not when I was young, yeah. it just all these things happen, but I say nothing. And it's just kind of like jarring to think like, why didn't I say why, why don't I ever fucking say anything? What the fuck's wrong with me? You know? <laughs> yeah. But I don't like. I just take it like a, something that just happened to me, you yeah. know. And the other time that I almost got kidnapped, you know that, and it was crazy because I would have never have thought anything of it if it wasn't for my mom Mm. but because she was concerned Mm. and she was in the car with a lady from church and she was talking to the lady and being like you know i don't feel comfortable you know like this man and this and that you know what i mean and I was pretending to be asleep because I used to like to listen to the conversations, but she they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They, they wouldn't talk, you know, if I was You're awake. Like, wow. So, like, I would, I would pretend I'm sleeping, but I wouldn't be listening, you know. But it was this man 
who befriended my parents. Um, I want to say like selling encyclopedias or whatever, but they're at the church, right? Who sells encyclopedias at church? And then he decided that I guess he thought I, you know, um, was a muse or whatever because he wanted to take pictures of me. And so um, he he did take pictures of me, obviously not like naked or anything like that. Draw me, Jack. <laughs> but um, but he but this is where it gets kind of crazy because you know. Okay, first of all, all of it sounds crazy, <laughs> but crazier, Jesus. So he obviously befriended my parents. He um, I would see my church or whatever. Then he came over. Um. He wanted to take pictures of me or whatever, and they did. Um, but, for, but for what? Like, what was his reasoning to my parents? That he, he was, like, a photographer, too. Like, he was... I don't know. That's creepy. And so, I mean, I wasn't thinking anything of it or, like... you're innocent. You're a I child. I don't know. Yeah. How old and were you? And so, probably... Don't tell me again, 10. Yeah. Was, 10 was a little a hard year for you. Yeah. I was probably, because it was in the same house. But sister, do you realize that's like trauma after trauma after trauma? Like, that's crazy. I could not picture my, we always talk about this when something happens to someone else that are the age of our kids. We are crying. We cry because we're just like, I cannot imagine his mentality going mm-hmm. through that. Like, that is insane to me. Yeah. And, you know, he, I remember, well, because maybe, I don't know, maybe I was older, maybe... Because I, I, rem- I was in junior high, actually. So I was, like, in seventh grade. So you so were, like... Maybe, like, 12. Maybe yeah, 11. Maybe like 11. Uh, maybe 11. Okay, yeah. so get out away from the 10. It's a year later. <laughs> One year difference. Wow. <laughs> but um, um, I was walking to school. And that, that was hard enough because my mom would never let me walk to school. But mm-hmm. I was, like, so insistent that I wanted to walk to school. And it was and it was probably, like, I mean, it was a good distance. And, yeah. and like, now, hell no, my kid ain't walking. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> we're, we're very, like, lucky that my mom really never let us. She never sent us walking to school unless we really had to, like, an emergency or whatever. But she was there to drop us off to pick us yeah. up. Yeah. But I, I was insisting See, guys, that I, I give credit where it's due, okay? <laughs> I love my mama. But, you know, she, she um, I really wanted to, to walk to school because mm-hmm. I had a friend that I would meet up with and we would walk to school together. Yeah. And so um, we're walking to school and we're walking um, down like a busy street. Um, it was First Street. Yeah, it was First Street, like... Um, in Santa Ana, so so on First Street, I was I was walking to junior high, um, and I mean, come on, like I don't, it's weird because it's like it's such a busy street and a busy, you know what I mean? And he happened to be driving, like down that street, mm-hmm. and I mean, I mean, it's probably like a three. Like a three like row like lane mm-hmm. like on one side and then on the other. So I mean, like it's just weird because like he was driving, he saw me, I saw him. It was weird, and I was just like, oh shit, because at this time like I had already like like this is weird. You know yeah, what I mean? You had already felt uncomfortable. So I was just like, I told my friend, I'm like, 
because I saw him like his car turn hmm. and so then I told my friend like this man like he he's probably gonna like want to talk to me or like trying to you know but we're gonna be late so just you know tell tell me like oh let's like let's go we're gonna be late or whatever you know what i mean and she did you know because he did get off he did try to talk to me or whatever and um how old was he i don't know like i would say like my parents my parents age at the time so then i told him um like no i can't like i have to go to school we're gonna be late whatever so i ended up going whatever right and then probably like a couple days later um, he shows up at the church, you know, on the day of my parents' like group or whatever, and um, at the last time though, like he had already had taken those pictures or whatever, and then he um, he ended up um, showing up at the church, and he's like, oh, like I got the picture, you know, the pictures um, that I took of you, and I have like this really big one or whatever. Um, just you know follow me to my car and i was like no you know i my i have to wait for my parents or whatever and because uh, my mom was in mass at the time because we would wander around the church you know what i mean so yeah. um mass wasn't the place to be at <laughs> it wasn't the kick it spot. yeah it wasn't the place <laughs> but um uh i just remember because at by that time, I had already, my mom had kind of already implanted that little seed in me yeah. when I had heard of that conversation that she had with that lady. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, no, this, like, overheard. this is not. Yeah, yes. I overheard. Yeah. Because you were eavesdropping. I was eavesdropping, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good thing in this case. <laughs> so then I, like, I, so then I, you know, like, I freaked out. And I was like, no, like, I'm not going to go with you. Leave me alone, you know? And I ran inside the church, and I'm, like, crying. And, um... My mom's like, what's wrong? You know, what's wrong? And then I told her. And then um, the lady, her friend, one of the, one of the, from there from church, not the same one, but somebody like told her, no, like you need to call the cops. And this is not right. Like you need to call the cops. And so they ended up calling the cops. And I remember that the father opened the office so that they can question me in there. And so they questioned me. I answered the questions and then I just remember them leaving with my dad. And so what they I guess what they ended up doing was that they went with my dad to this man's house because he my dad knew where he lived mm-hmm. and they took all my all the pictures that he had of me. And um, told him that he needed to like stay the fuck away. Yeah. yeah. And so I mean I never heard from him again. Like obviously like and so it's just so you know that that happened that's fucking crazy to me. that's hard and those are such traumatic experiences especially as a child and never i'm sure you weren't counseled you didn't do any type of therapy you didn't really heal you didn't find closure you just you know the 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 thing the situations that you were in where my parents found out it's because um, it happened in an environment where it was kind of open. And I know there's other situations that I know of that are a little bit more intense, way more fucked up than this. And I'm, I'm not going to we're not going to talk about that. Um, we can. No, 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 no. I Only because 
I feel like that's a conversation that you need to have with people involved first because I don't think this would be the way to... Well, the situation you're talking about, that I understand. I'm talking about a whole different situation. Oh, I don't I don't know about... I don't know. I don't know if you know about the situation. Girl, at this point, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what I know because I thought I knew it all. But see, but I just... For me, what I mean is like, I feel like the one that I'm talking about, which you told me in Confianza. Yeah. I feel like that one... Um, no, that's off the table. Yeah, like that For one sure. is like, that's the one I'm referring to. Yeah, no. But what I mean is like, you never really healed from any of that, especially that one. Because I feel like, that one, I feel like that one's the worst one. I think so. Um, But what, what I was going to say is that, like, I know that you have found healing, some healing in your own ways. How does that... How did that um, mold you into the parent that you are? How, because I feel, I could only speak from what I see, but I feel like you use this tragedy, um, all these traumas, in the best way possible for your kids. And not a lot of parents do that. Because I know that our parents were also in, in very dangerous situations and they didn't, you know, cope and heal. And it it showed because there was a lot of absence, neglect, and, and things like that. And I feel like you broke that chain, which it makes me <laughs> extremely proud to call you my sister because... You really have used everything negative in your life for just to be the mom that you are today. So how, what does that relationship, especially with your daughters, what does that bring you? What does that look like? With my daughters, I feel like I feel like I can't even speak on that until I tell you the story that I that I was gonna say. Oh, okay. Sorry. No, 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 you're fine. No, you're fine. <laughs> but because I feel like if I don't like I think that that had also like a big impact. Not only like that story, but like also like another incident that happened. But because I feel like even when I finally did say something nothing happened mm. so yeah that's that plays a huge part growing up and you know I, I didn't um, after we moved from from Orange County to Riverside I didn't end up going to real high school I ended up going to um, a continuation so um, I didn't get to socialize I didn't get to um, be with people like on a regular basis and stuff like that um, and I think also because of maybe the the neglect that I experienced throughout my life, you know, like I tried to find something 
or someone to care about me, to give me attention, to to be important to somebody. Yeah, you were trying to fill the void. And at that time, the internet had just kind of old. I kind of aged myself there, but <laughs> the internet was just kind of taking its, you know. Yeah. And so there was a chat rooms. So AOL. AOL. <laughs> um, and so at that time, I was really like into the whole chatting and stuff like that. Um, because again, I couldn't socialize. I didn't have friends. Yeah. You know, and, um, you, were, and you were missing attention. Yeah. And that's what that keeps. And so it was kind of like easy to kind of like yeah. fall into there. And it's so nice. And so um, I ended up meeting a person and we met. I mean, think, um, 17. So I was 17, and um, I, you know, you meet all types of people, but, you know, like, I was just trying to to meet somebody, you know? Yep. And um, I met this person, um, we were talking, um, but I mean, all the, like, the don'ts, I did. <laughs> so, I mean... Obviously, it was I shouldn't have done what I did, but I did do it for whatever the reasons that I did it at the time. Um, eventually, I met him um, in person. We kissed. It was, and that was it. Nothing happened. Whatever. And the second time that I met him, he told me, "Hey, you know, like um, I want to see you, but I don't have." transportation to meet you you know but i'm gonna have my cousin um drive me or whatever if that's okay like he's just you know he's gonna be there and again like not knowing any better and i obviously had met him before so i didn't think it was like a big deal yeah and um sorry i have to like it's okay so don't cough is that like a little <laughs> shot to get courage yeah <laughs> but um so i met I, I met up with them mind you my parents had no idea i snuck out of the house <laughs> it was at night and um we ended up driving down the street and we we're talking one thing led uh, you know to another and i was sexually assaulted by both of them I mean, I didn't even know what to say because I felt responsible because I put myself in that situation because I shouldn't have snuck out of the house because I shouldn't have, you know, been in the chat rooms, you know, so I felt like it was my fault. And so, again, I never said anything to anybody. And... And was this your first time? The, the first time, yeah. So, um, I think it was just, like I, like I felt, you know, just, I felt responsible for, for the thing that happened to me, for what they did to me, you know, and... I mean, needless to say, I never talked to that person again. I never heard from that person again. I wouldn't be able to, like, you know. So, 
eventually um, I became uh, involved more in school and um, when I was in this peer group I ended up saying something to a girl and then um, she ended up telling the teacher and so then this teacher ended up calling the cops and calling my parents. Again, I did not know this. <laughs> and um, they obviously questioned me, trying to find out who it was, trying to find out, you know, who was responsible. And I'm not, I had no idea, like, like again, I, it wasn't a big deal. Like it just happened. It was something that happened. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a big deal. Yeah, like you didn't even realize that you were raped. Like it was wrong. Yeah. Like that what happened was like was you knew not it okay. wasn't right. Yeah. But you didn't know the severity of how yeah. wrong that really was. Yeah. Like you didn't know that like like these people are in big trouble. Yeah. And um. So, I mean, the cops tried to do what they could, obviously, to try to find these people, but... The internet was so new. It was so new. Yeah. I mean, they don't have, you know, the forensics and stuff like that back then. You know, it was yeah. it was fairly new. And, um, but I, they did end up telling my parents. And I know that the only person who talked to me about the situation was my dad. And um, like when you when you when I look back, and maybe like like I try to just I try to think the best of people, and I mean I don't know, you know what I mean. But my mom never touched the subject with me, and maybe it was uncomfortable. Maybe it was just you know, difficult, I don't know. But sometimes when you think about it and like you you wish you would have had a hug or like I'm sorry that happened to you. Whether I did what I did and got myself in that situation, like that still, you know, happened, you know? And there was obviously emotional baggage that that created for me. And so, you know, It's like it never happened. It happened, I think, with my dad. Like, like it happened. Like you he some, he acknowledged you it. You had some some healing or some closure. From yeah, that. like some support. Yeah, and and that was about it. Some type of like affection from it. Yeah. Now I know what. Now I know why you needed to share this story and the one prior to it because now I understand more your dynamic with your daughters yeah and you are the mom that will move mountains you would do anything for your kids in a way that other people wouldn't understand and I've always told you this I've always told you this um you are the relationship that you have with your daughter like with Chelsea in particular because she's older and, and everything 
like I look up to that bond that you have with her so much like that's who I aspire to be with my daughter because you just have a bond with her and that's why I meant like the fact that you used all of this all of this tragedy fucking traumatic horrible experiences like what you've gone through it's like what one like one of those incidents happened to a person once and it changed their life to you it was like endless amounts yeah and you used it for the better of you and you because you could have easily turned to drugs you know alcohol and just lived a very hard and heavy life but you didn't let that stop you from wanting to just be the best version of you and that's difficult to do jessica like that's so hard to do you have no idea and i know that you don't get a lot of credit for that and i will till the day that i die tell you how amazing of a mom you are especially to your daughter because everything that you missed growing up that level of trust with your mom that you never had she will never know what that is she will never know what that is because in you she found a best friend and the fact that you desperately wanted that and never had it but you provided it for your daughter um you changed her life i mean i just wanted them i mean kaylin's still young but like i just want them to be able to feel comfortable enough to always tell me what's going on bad or worse yeah you know and to really like trust me like and know that if ever in their life something like close to what happened to me like i would always believe them yeah but it, but it takes more than just letting them know building that bond and that trust it takes more than just say if something to happens to you you need to tell me it takes way more than that yeah and you have worked on that bond like all that credit goes to you it's like you have provided such a level of safety for your kids and it's so admirable um and i will always tell you that and you know it because it's something that really you don't know how how much you changed her life because if you would have had that in yours, maybe your life would have been a little bit more different. And, you know, obviously as parents, we want to protect our kids as much as possible. But sometimes there is situations that they're placed in without our control. And, um, but the fact that, like, you don't just say you need to tell me, but they know that they can like that, it changes a lot. I didn't want my kids to ever feel like they had to worry about that kind of stuff. I want them to feel safe. I don't want them to stress about stuff like that. You want and them to be kids. Yeah, I always wanted them to, to enjoy their childhood, yeah. you know? Right now, I think um, the, the difficulties as far as like that I'm having are with Ethan and his schooling and him transitioning from elementary to, you know what I mean? So it's like not only with my daughters do I have to have this open space, but I have to have it with him.
it's heartbreaking for me. Yeah. And so, and I know my kids. I know what gets to them. I know. You know when they're lying, when they're not lying. Yeah. You know everything. I know. You do. I mean, like, with Chelsea, like, she's hard on herself a lot. And yes. and I. Which is crazy. Which it, it is. It's she's crazy. Flawless. She's, and I'm like, what? but she's always been that way since she was small. Yeah. And I always make fun of her when she says, I just can't do it. Which she is, couldn't play some video game. <laughs> but she gets so, like, because she can't do it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just something that takes time and she's able to do it. But she gets so frustrated with herself. And so, like, I've always known this about her. So it's like, I feel like those little things are the stuff that I need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. To let them know, you know, that they are good enough. Yeah. That it takes time. Yeah. That if you really want to do something, you know what I mean? You got to, you know, practice it, you, you know? work for it. And, um, and I've always wanted to always support them in whatever they wanted to do. You know, like if, you know, Chelsea, which, I mean, she's a girl, but she is into skateboarding which is kind of like okay you know had i wanted to do that no no that's it's you know so it's like i don't care what it is if that's what like makes her happy then that's what i you know want to help her you know even if it becomes nothing which you threw a hole quinceañera skateboard theme (laughs) talk about boom suck on that but you said three things that stood out to me when ethan tells me the things that happen one point right there he tells you there's a level of comfort a level of trust and two um i always tell chelsea like how good she is you're affirming all her you know you're trying to cancel out all the negatives that she has in her own self and you're affirming to her that she's flawless and support i want to support them in anything that they like those are three things that we talked about earlier that you did not have you didn't have support for your dreams when you wanted to do the police explorer when you wanted to do music you didn't have that support you never told your parents anything, our parents anything, because you didn't feel that connection. And it's hard because you love them so much. We love our parents so much that you're just like, what happened? Like, how did this all happen? But that level, uh, that, everything that you just said, those three points to me, just, it, it, it just re-solidifies how you use the hardest things that you've had to go through for the better of something. And if there's anyone that's ever invalidated your mother card, fuck them because you are an absolute exceptional mother and those children are never gonna feel alone because you have made it a point with support, with affirming to them and with being open with them. And they're not gonna miss anything. They're not gonna feel alone like you did that you know and I know as they get older and they go into their teens things change and everything but the fact that you already planted the seed and they have that foundation they'll always know how to go back so 
Um, one thing that I want to ask you, if you don't mind, is, you know, look at the camera. And if there is something that you want to say to... <laughs> that you want to say to 10-year-old Jessica, what would you say to her? And you, you look at the camera. What would you say to 10-year-old Jessica? What did you think you needed to hear? What would you tell her? <laughs> and take your time. <laughs> I'm over I'm like trying to get out of the camera. <laughs> what would you tell 10-year-old you? It's kind of hard because... I think parts of me that even though that I've tried to heal I still in a sense don't believe that it would have made a difference but I would tell myself that <laughs> look at the camera I would tell myself that all the stuff that happened was not normal. All the stuff that happened, you need to say something. That That this is not forever, I guess. I, it's it's for a purpose. There, there's something that I had to learn, and unfortunately I had to learn things in a difficult way. But it was... It was given to me for a reason... Maybe God thought I was strong enough to to carry this, to be able to give somebody something out of my experiences, and to be an example of how such difficult things don't have to define you that you can build yourself to whoever you want to be to not give up on yourself to just love yourself and to love your kids your family I just I don't know that's beautiful. It's beautiful. And and the reason is the reason why I wanted to ask you that is because I don't think that you have gone back to talk to 10-year-old Jessica and 17-year-old Jessica. Like I don't think that you, you know, we get so caught up in our life that we're always busy and we're constantly on the go. And when we do go back to remember our traumas, we only remember the bad part, but we never take the moment to say, "But look at you now." Like, you're doing good, and I know you, and you're always crazy busy and giving 
your complete self to your children, your marriage, providing. And I know you don't always take the time to give yourself the credit that you deserve. But I know this sounds cheesy that, and it's overplayed and people say it all the time, but God really gives his hardest trials and everything to the strongest people. And you do have a purpose in this life. And you do have meaning and you have value. And I wouldn't know what I would do if I didn't have you in my life. Because just like you have provided um, a safety environment with your daughter and your son, you've also done that for me. And there's things that I have never told a living soul that I have told you. And I would just be so lost without you. I feel like especially in the past few years, like you saved me from a lot. And um, I just want you to know that you have so much meaning and that your life is not over. It's not too late to do what you love and do something for you and to be happy and I'm so happy that you have a good marriage and you have the love of your life and your kids and you're you know all together so I just know how difficult how not easy this was to put yourself out there like that especially you know all the people that are gonna see this but just I know that there's gonna be someone that's gonna hear you speak and see you and feel so empowered and so motivated to speak about their traumas and that it doesn't define you and believe me that you are helping more people than you think and you're an inspiration you're a phenomenal woman and it's one of the main reasons why i wanted you first and why you're the madrina of this (laughs) podcast because with you it's like your level of transparency and acceptance and how all of that does not define you, it's so inspiring to me. And I just, you know, I want to thank you so much for putting yourself out there and for being so vulnerable because it's not easy and I hope to one day have courage to talk about things like you for the sake of, you know, I, I mean, I feel like I'm an open book, but... Um, just deeper stuff and yeah I mean if there's something that you can say to someone who has been through something similar to you what what would you want to tell them you know what would you want um, how would you want to encourage them to find healing I think um when certain things happen to you, it, it does, you know, take... We're not all built the same. Yeah. And it sometimes, you know, it gets dark and you can't see the way out. Yeah. Or you don't see a way to escape because you get wrapped up in the pain and in the hurt. And then, you know, and so for me, it's just... I think that you need to just fight it. 
and really look at, to, at the end game of what you want in your life because we're brought to this world and we only live once and stop feeling bad about what happened Tell them. and just change change the way that you think you know change the way that you instead of you know keeping blaming yourself or you know blaming others like just take ownership and accept that this while it was a negative thing that happened to you you can choose to be happy and to find a way to let that stuff go find ways because they it, things like this they'll follow you for the rest of your life but you just got to learn yourself and when you feel that that stuff is starting to creep up you know have get the help so that you know that when that stuff is ready to like start creeping back in you can deal with it have it be a moment and let it go so you can keep going in your life because i'm sure down the road it's gonna trigger you at some point and you know you're gonna have to go through that process again and but you don't get stuck in there you you move forward you keep looking forward to the stuff that you want to have in your life whether it's you know home ownership or you know a career or whatever it is that's going to make you happy whatever's going to fulfill you that's what you need to focus on that's what i have thought to do to always provide for my my kids to have a purpose of you know to keep going and not let um those bad moments really like hold me back they can they take up space yes but they only it's just to be able to like overcome whenever they kind of like come up just to get it like get over it quicker yeah and get control and you know just to, that way you continue because you can be fine one day and then all of a sudden a story in the news or like a song just can trigger you real quick and you're in a funk you need to be pre you need to prepare yeah for those moments yeah and so i mean i refuse to to be unhappy i mean of course there's moments you know yeah. that you want to murder your husband or you know <laughs> you watch snap too much yeah you watch snap too much criminal minds creeps up or your sisters don't stop calling or you know but i mean it's just i see not the hablo you're like what happened what's going on but i mean it's just and definitely like surrounding yourself with positive people because, I mean, if you're already in a negative place, somebody negative is not going to help you. It's not. It's really not. And you have to, like, you have to find a person in your life that can actually validate your feelings. To really be there to listen. Not to judge you. Not to offer you advice. Just, just to listen. And then you wonder why I call you. <laughs> because sometimes, like... You just want to be heard. You just want to be heard. Yeah. And, you know, not and not judge. Like, you just want to be able to to know that you can just be yourself and, yeah. and, 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 like, 
Like, it, it's okay to be a soundboard for someone yeah. and just let someone talk without saying, without even, without trying to fix the problem. Right. Because sometimes they're not even asking you. And I think our, you know, husbands do that a lot where you tell them a problem and they want to solve it and fix everything. And it's like, no, I, I don't, I don't need you to solve it. I just need you to hear. Yeah. And sometimes saying nothing is better than saying anything. Yeah. And it's, it, I agree. I think it's very, very important to, to have that because... Because you don't want somebody to tell you, oh, it's not a big deal. Like, no. why are you tripping? Or like, you know what I mean? It, that, it doesn't help. It invalidates everything yeah. all over again. It's like having another neglect in yeah. your life. And you don't need that. And it, when you, if you're like me that starts therapy, one of the first things that they tell you is who is your support system? Because you have to have it. Life is crazy. Whether it's work-related, your kids, um, the home, whatever it is. Life is crazy and it never stops being crazy. It's always, something's always happening. Something always triggers your anxiety, your traumas. It just keeps going. But like yeah. you said, having a good grip on it and feel feel the emotions when they come, but don't dwell. Yeah. Don't stay in there. And just, you know, continue to push forward. I feel like that's something that we all need to practice better because... You know, it's it's so easy, guys, to play victim. It's so easy to say, oh, feel sorry for me. Who want the pity party? That's very easy to do, and you can easily get that. You know, you can go up to a complete stranger and pour your heart out, and of course they're going to be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. But do you, do you really want that, or do you want healing and empowerment and moving on and taking control of your life? And I feel like you are a prime example of that. And with that, I want to thank you so much for coming on here because you guys what she did and everything that she said was not easy so please 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 be kind and leave her a comment to give her kudos for opening her entire soul (laughs) (laughs) to you guys and look for that support well whoever it may be look for that support but we're gonna take a little break and when we come back um we are gonna have our guest Pick an emotion from this poor emotional jar. He's, he's filled with emotions. And I'm going to ask you to pick one to close out our episode. And, yeah, thank you again so much for opening up. That was, like, intense. Yeah, <laughs> like in full tears. But it means a lot because you're going to help so many people. You have no idea. So we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back from our little break. Um, so yeah, I was telling you, I really want you to pick an emotion from my emotional jar and see what you get. And whatever you pick, whatever comes to your mind that you can relate to it, or if it's a word that you want to encourage someone else with, you can do that as well if you can't think of like a personal experience. So you may get an emotion that I've already done in another episode because I just pick them and I put them back. So, good luck. Okay. (laughs) It's not a martini. (laughs) Damn it. What'd you get? Oh my god. Let me see. So she got... (laughs) You. She got sensitive. So a time where you have felt sensitive or something that you're sensitive about. What is that? Mm. 
So the word sensitive, when I hear sensitive, reminds me of when I was younger. And I want to say it was one of my brothers or one of my older sisters or whatever, or my older sister. I can't say. I can't remember. But somebody told me that one I was of the, one of those bullies. One of, yeah, one of those bullies <laughs> that shaped my life. Um, that I was sensitive and that I would cry for everything. So it was presented which, to me in which is true. <laughs> like in such a negative way that like I didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be sensitive. Yeah. Like it's like they made fun of you when in reality there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Because you are a chiona. I'm a chiona. Wendy's a chiona. We cry for everything. We're all very emotional. We are. We are. We're very emotional. But I feel like I had to turn it off because I felt like it was like a negative thing. Yeah. So, I almost feel like I have to, like, work harder or, like, put myself, like, to not be sensitive. Yeah. You always had to be tough. Yeah. And so, I feel like, like, I have to, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like I I have to, like, I had to, like, shut myself off. So, when things, certain things happen, it's almost like I'm, I'm stunned or I'm frozen or... Um, like I can't allow myself to go there. Yeah, you haven't. You don't allow yourself to react how you want to react. Yeah, which is sensitivity or emotional or um, fragile or in front of people. Yeah, because but you have to like. Yeah, because I don't want to be viewed that way. Yeah, so I think that because I do that, like people think I don't. I'm not like you're cold. Yeah, like I'm cold. And I'm and I'm not cold. I just I don't know. Like I think that that part of me, I say for myself mm-hmm. and I deal with that on my own. <laughs> and I don't um cuz I don't want people to look at me like that. Yeah. And I fight so hard that, you know, to like not be but it's not a bad thing. No. But it's like it's so ingrained in me. Yeah that it's like it's a trauma it's like a natural thing for me like to not cry in certain situations yeah but i mean i am i can watch a show and fucking like just release a song yeah a song We're especially songs. especially music music yeah. is like the one our, thing it's our, it's our go-to yeah i think we're connected when, when with music we're i think we're connected you me and <laughs> jose dude wait hold on <laughs> The day that I went to your house and I was showing you Yaritza. Yeah. You hadn't heard her. No. She's this little girl. Beautiful voice. Beautiful song. And I started playing it for you and Ignacio, your husband. And Ignacio's like, Jessica's going to cry. And I look over and you're like, in full tear. <laughs> <laughs> but we are very much like that. Because we, I think because we're creatives and we, we are good at feeling emotions like we can pinpoint things and we are sensitive and we as creatives like we understand emotion why people feel where we have empathy like to the t you know we feel for others a lot yeah but i feel like for you see for me i am a chiona i am extremely sensitive but no one ever told me no one ever made me feel like it was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I don't really hold back. Like I can be, you know, open about being sensitive. And I feel like for you, yeah, we, I, 
growing up, I did get that vibe from you of like, like you were closed off, but I didn't know it came from those bullies teasing you about it or make made you obviously it wasn't intentional we call each other things all the time when you're kids but it stuck with you yeah and i think with like my kids or like my husband like i i want them to be sensitive and i and like i tell them like it's okay but i can't tell myself that for Mm -hmm. for whatever reason i can't because that just like it You've lived with it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to to break it. And, I mean, I try to um, just make it an okay thing to be be sensitive, to be open, to really feel what you're feeling. Um, Because I feel like um, when certain things happen, and, like, for me, like, music has always been very therapeutic. I can find a song for whatever you're going through. I'm like your glossary. Like I can tell you where oh, yeah. where where it's at. I get those text messages <laughs> with those Spotify links all the time. Well, we do it for each other. I yeah. do it with Jose. I do it with you. I do it with Liz. Like we we just connect like that for whatever reason. Like we hear a song and we're like, I know this bitch is gonna cry. Like, yeah. If I send her this song, <laughs> and we're very like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's a good thing that you um bring light to it because i feel like especially for men it's so extremely difficult for them to be sensitive or vulnerable and we need to normalize it it's absolutely okay we're all humans we all have emotions we all have souls we all feel pain we all feel sadness we're all hard on ourselves we we're very much we're all humans like we all have a place of sensitivity and it's good that you see it as like it's okay, you guys. Like, be sensitive. It's absolutely okay. Yeah. And it means a lot to our partners. Um, it means a lot to our children. It makes it makes them view us as humans, that we're normal. Like, we make mistakes. We are emotional. We can cry. You know, I know that our parents are raised to, like, oh, I don't want the kids to see me cry or struggling or and things like that, which I think it's good to an extent. But also showing the vulnerability and being sensitive and being emotional. It's part of life. Yeah. And um, I feel like it's something that having, exposing that or putting that out there is a good thing. And it makes it easier for others to say, you know what? I, I can't fucking cry. Like, I yeah. can't cry to this song. So Because it's something you have to process. Yeah. It's a feeling that you have to process in order to grow as a person. And to really, um, like, find yourself. Yeah. And know that, like, the stuff that you're going through, it may not be big to another person, but it's big to you, and it's and it's okay. Yes. Because I feel like sometimes people invalidate your feelings and just don't make it seem like it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And they minimize and they belittle yeah. what you're feeling. Yeah. So... For me and what I least I try to you know to be that sounding board for any for like for my husband for my kids for my siblings you know that the things that um seem so hard like you can get through Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with being you know emotional about the things that are happening to you yes so I mean I think well that was a good (laughs) a good response I know it took you a little 
second to get there but that i think that was perfect and i think that message will come across very clear to so many people so i'm glad that you got sensitive when you no. showed it when Sensi- i read it and i was but anyways guys i just want to Thank you, sister, for being the first guest, for sharing your heart and your soul. And um, I know there's so many people that are going to connect and feel seen, feel a little bit less alone because they have some form of connection to another human on this earth that has been through something even remotely similar. And I know that they'll find inspiration in you, that you can still be an amazing mother have a sense of humor, be a happy person, have a, a happy marriage, and have times. <laughs> and have success, to have motivation to purchase a home one day, and that you still have that drive and that illusion, and that it's not lost no matter what the heck you go through. And I, again, thank you so much for, you know, being the first guest and i love you so much you know that you know how much you mean to me and um again you guys everything that she said was i know not easy for her so show her some love send her a comment and i know it'll make her feel happy and um anything that you guys want to like a message that you would want me to give to her i'll be more than glad to do that so whether you leave a comment um here on youtube or you go to my instagram or even on spotify you can send me a direct message um i will share that message to her but thank you guys so much for joining me on season two there's gonna be so many more episodes coming um episode two was is with my cousin and um her topic is about falling in love so Um, I'm excited to share that story um, with you guys, but thank you guys again so much for joining, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Um, Other little young girls around me that don't have... That was my dad. He's like, stop talking shit. <laughs> <laughs>